presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick six podcast. Nick says on a football Monday. Is that what he says? I don't care what Nick says. Nick's gone. He's out of town. He's at WrestleMania. Will Brinson, Pete Prisco. We'll be joined by Jason Lockenfora, who's watching Jay Cuddy earlier today. We'll talk to him on this Monday afternoon. Um, Pete, how was your weekend? Was it full of football? It was. I watched almost all the preseason games back. Um, didn't watch them all live, but I watched almost all of them back and. There were some things that stood out to me. And Jared Goff being first and foremost. I mean, he looked good. He looked confident. He stood in the pocket, made the throws. And, you know, I, I, I was out there two weeks ago. And when I talked to him, I told him, I said, you're not like some of the other young quarterbacks I talked to. You, you got a little con- confidence, almost cockiness about you. And he kind of said, yeah, if you don't believe in yourself, who the hell does? And I said, good point. I like it. You know, you go to Denver, those two guys didn't, they didn't have any confidence in themselves. And, and and Goff did so. I thought he was really good on on uh, Saturday. Yeah, and I agree. I, I agree with you. I thought he looked sharp. I mean, sharper even than he had looked. Um, you know, really just throughout his entire rookie campaign. And I wonder. And I think the percentage is probably pretty high. But what percentage would you ascribe to that? Just being coaching and a different change of scenario and a different scheme and working with Sean McVay, who gives him that confidence because. I think it's interesting too. You, Kirk Cousins has been a little sloppy in the preseason for the Redskins since uh, since Old McVay left. Yeah, and, and you know it's a new offense. The ball gets out of his hands. Will I mean he gets the ball out, and when you get the ball out, it's easier to make decisions. And and I think that has a lot to do with it. he's a he's got a good arm. He can spin the ball. He's tough. He stands in the pocket. You know, one thing that McVay told me was his eye level doesn't come down. And he, for a young quarterback, that's big. Because that means he's, you know, not scared of the rush. He's not standing in looking at the rush. So um, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to be a great quarterback. Although to talk to him, you would he would, you know, imply that he will be. But I think that he's going to be a very good quarterback in the league. I mean, don't you think that the Rams? I mean, obviously at this point, given what they've sort of gone through, would settle for a what the Redskins have gotten from Kirk Cousins out of Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Right now, if you said you can have Kirk Cousins for the next couple of years, they'd, they'd sign up for that in an instant. Absolutely. Now, yeah. How much, down the road, when you draft the first overall pick, you want to be better than that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Kirk Cousins is a top 15 quarterback. I mean, if you know, if you. Yeah, but the first overall pick, you better be better than a top 15 quarterback. They traded up a bunch of stuff to go get him. He's got to be better than Kirk Cousins. I, I would agree. I would agree. I just think that they, given what they saw that rookie year, and it's too, it's always too early to say in, in the rookie year whether or not you know, you would actually, you know, whether or not a guy is going to be what, what you see. Um, but I think I think it probably hurt Jared Goff that he was forced to sit behind Case Keenum for half a season. You know, that's, I mean, that's just that's half a season's worth of reps that he didn't get. And we are talking about one preseason game in week two. And, you know, it was against the Raiders defense, which, by the way, should be a red flag for a lot of people out there. But I agree with you. Goff looked good. And you see stuff, that Cooper Cup touchdown pass that, that he caught is a, you know, blown coverage by the Raiders. But it was a nicely designed play from Sean McVay and that coaching staff that I don't think you would have seen last year. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned you know him playing, and he wanted to play. But I would talk to last week. I talked to um, one of the former Rams coaches, and and he said he thinks that what Fisher did helped save the kid because he had thrown him in really? there with the way that, yeah with the way that offense was last year and no pieces and a bad offensive line. It might have hurt the kid. I, I don't agree with that. I, you know me. I always say play him right away, and if they can't handle it, then you drafted the wrong guy. But uh, you know that's what the Rams coach said, and you know I don't believe that, but that's what he said. Uh, another, we got a bunch of you. I mean, honestly, this is going to be a quarterback-heavy segment because I think there are a ton of interesting things coming out of week three, or excuse me, week two of the preseason, specifically from quarterback battles. Uh, a guy that does not look like he can handle it right now, your boy uh, Blake Bortles who in Jacksonville looks – Pete, he looks like a guy that is on the tee box saying to himself, the only thing he can think on the tee box is don't bleep it up. You know, he just, he just looks – he looks like he's just playing games in his head. 
it seems like he needs to sit down. I know that, um, I, you know, I think that there was a report, sort of a report from ESPN, basically saying that the Jaguars are in this position with Bortles where they picked up his fifth-year option. They are, there are some – right, let me – I'll just ask you. Do you think there's concern in the building about Blake Bortles being on the roster this year because injury could cause them to, to guarantee his 2018 option? I don't think they have any other options, though. I mean, you can't go into the season with Henny and Brandon Allen as your quarterbacks. You just can't. So, no, I think he's going to be there. I mean, is there some concern? Obviously, there's some concern. By the way, you mentioned the golf analogy, and which is spot on, by the way. It's kind of like – Imagine I'm Tom Coughlin and you're Blake Bortles or I'm, yeah, I'm deep, Doug deep Marone and you're on the team. You, you went you went into the crapper, right? When, when, when I did that to you. 100%. I mean, right. Well, that's what happened to him. Was he ever going to be great? No. But was he better than what he is right now? Absolutely. And I think when you constantly I mean, they asked Marone last week or Sunday, I think it was. They said, hey, Doug, what, what does he do? Well, well, he hasn't turned. The, what has he done? Well, we hadn't turned the ball over. That, to me, tells you all you need to know about what they want of the kid. You can't play quarterback that way in the National Football League. He's in the jar. Stepping back from it, benching him, which is what they're doing, and allowing Hendy to play, maybe he comes out when he plays with the ones and he actually gunslings the ball a little bit and he shows something. Because, let's be honest, he hasn't turned the ball over. That was the one thing that they said all offseason. Don't turn it over, don't turn it over, don't turn it over. Well, he had turned it over, but he didn't make any plays either. He hasn't been very good. I think they're in his head. Maybe this helps them. They can't win with Chad Henney. He isn't good. You tweeted something about the Titans uh, the other day, and I can't remember if I tweeted back at you. Basically, you basically said, and you've been watching Tennessee and the Panthers practice and, and play, and you pointed out that the Titans probably have a pretty good opening to win this division. I think it's become, almost, I don't want to say it's a two-horse race because you know, we've got to get to the season and see how people play out, and Lord knows, I guess, Blake Bortles could take a time machine back to 2015, and Andrew Luck could too, and he could suddenly be healthy. It's hard for me to imagine the Colts and the Jaguars being involved in that division as steady as Tennessee looks you know, on offense with that offensive line, as steady as, as, the, as the Texans should be on defense. I, I just have a hard time believing that it's more than a two-horse race at this point. Am I crazy? Well, before we get to Tennessee, i got to tell a story too. Yeah. You know, I love telling stories. Um, in, 1990, in 1995 – Tom Coughlin took the Jacksonville Jaguars to Stevens Point, Wisconsin for six weeks, and he beat the daylights out of them. He beat the daylights out of them. Well, they played a preseason game in Detroit, and when they played a preseason game in Detroit, it was the third preseason game. The Silver Dome, which had no air conditioning at the time, it was 110 in there or something. Well, they got destroyed. I can't remember what the score was, 40 to 7 or something like that. And in the locker room after the game, all the players complained, my legs are dead, my legs are dead, right? And they clearly showed on the field. Well, he called me screaming up, screaming at me the next, you know, Saturday, that following Saturday after I'd flown back. You give him excuses, you give him excuses, you give him excuses. Well, I'm going to give him excuses again because I heard again on Thursday last week that the players' legs are dead. They don't have the legs, and he beat them up again. They're there all day. You know, the team send guys home and lets them go. They let them go to the hotel. They've had a physical camp. I thought that they were beat up and they were they showed it on Thursday. I'm not giving them excuses because, you know, you're grown men. You're supposed to be in shape. But the Jaguars having a physical camp. They're beating the daylights out of each other. They're hitting. They had five consecutive days of padded practices, which is a rarity uh, in this in this era of uh, easing back. And so I do think that they were tired last week. That's not an excuse for how they played. It's not an excuse for how Bortles played. But the whole offense was putrid. The line stunk. There was no running game. The receivers weren't very good. They had drops. It just wasn't – and defense got pushed around. They looked flat. They looked lifeless. Now, moving on to Tennessee, you asked me about Tennessee. I might have undersold them. And I picked them to win the division, but I might have undersold them on what they can do past that. And the reason I say that is they are physical. They're tough. They get after it. They will run it. They will throw it. And some of those younger receivers, you know – the, the first-round pick hasn't been on the field much, so they don't know what he is. But Taylor's looked good, the other re- rookie receiver. He's looked very good. And Mariota, you know, when I was watching practice, I saw him limping a little bit on a run. Yeah. And Paul Kaharski, actually, you know, he disputed it, who, who covers that team and, and has been but around. I thought he, Kaharski came back and was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he went back and he looked at the tape and he saw it. And, and that, to me, was a little concerning, but I thought he looked good. He's a better quarterback throwing the football. 
They will throw the football more. And uh, I do. And I, here's the other thing that's happened in that team. Mike Malarkey's changed. The the yeah. my way or the highway. Mike Malarkey is 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 evolved, and he's he's a softer guy. He's a little bit easier easier on his players. He's eased up a little bit. I think you know when I asked him about that, he said, "Yeah, I, I've I've changed," I, and he had to. And and I think the players respect that. So it's it's a, it's a good foot. You know, you look at their holes. The only major hole is the one corner. And they like, you know, and that's not counting if a Dory Jackson can step in there and play. So uh, they have a lot of talent on the team. It's a good football team. What do you think about the Titans letting two fans call the first two plays of the game? And then one of the fans calling for Marcus Mario to run after, after you tweeted about his leg and they, they, let him, they let him run a running play on the first two plays. I got a little bit of a, a, a red flag on that. You can't be letting fans call the plays and then calling a design quarterback run in a preseason game. Yeah, I don't, I, that was surprising to me when I saw that. I, I was actually watching that. And they said, look at the happy fans are sitting in the end zone. And he hit the first pass, and they're all excited. And then they go, oh, and they get a second play, and then he runs. <laughs> what the hell is that? What, what kind of fan would call a run for their quarterback? Doesn't he, don't they get it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, let's, get, let's hang Mariota out to dry and let him get crushed. Like, what do you think? Thank God Mariota knows how to slide. You think um, they would do that in Green Bay? <laughs> oh, my God. Mike, Mike McCarthy would – no, Mike McCarthy would burn everything to the ground before he'd let him do that. So do you – where are you at on this Andrew Luck situation right now? Because Luck, you know, I get the sense he's going to miss a quarter of the season. And we talk, we talk about this every podcast, I feel like. But it just, it just didn't feel like it's a big enough deal given what an important player he is to that roster and given, you know, how concerning this injury should be. Oh, it's concerning. But I think he'll miss a game or two. I do. Okay. I, I, think, I, I don't think it's going to be anything more than that. But losing Ryan Kelly is a big hit for him too. Yeah, on the that's right. That happened last week in between the podcasts. That's a that's a he's their center. He's a good player. He's in his second year. He's going to really emerge as a, as one of the quality centers in the league. So that one will hurt them. But the thing that stands out to me is their defense. They have a lack of talent on that defense. They're not very good. They're gonna they better hope that Andrew Luck can get back in because they're going to have to play a lot of shootouts. They're not going to win games that way. You saw Chuck Pagano came down on his team hard the other day yep. after their their effort the other night. So I, I look, they're not a they're not a great team. But if Luck's healthy, there'll be a factor in the division. If he's not, they have no chance. The Chiefs are fascinating to me, and I wrote about this for an article that's going up today, sort of breaking down um, some of the bigger storylines for the preseason. But, if you, man, first of all, Patrick Mahomes – okay, first of all, Alex Smith has looked good in preseason action. So let's give him his just due. And Andy Reid is snuffing out any chatter about quarterback controversies. But my, my sort of premise of this article was looking at – you know, Andy Reid, when he drafts a quarterback high, he doesn't tend to let them sit on the bench that long. He did it with Kevin Cobb and Donovan McNabb, um, but McNabb was 31 and, and had been dealing with injuries and then sort of played into his prime, and he also had Mike Vick pop up into that scenario when Vick got out of prison. You look at the history, and Andy Reid is, you could say he has a not an itchy trigger finger, but he's willing to put rookies out there, and right now Patrick Mahomes looks really good. Yeah, but when you went back, did you go back and watch Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. He, he leaves the pocket too soon. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's still, he's still getting out of that pocket way too soon. I think he's got tons of talent. I always thought, I told you, I thought he was the highest upside guy in this draft. Yep. Now, he might not have ever got to that, and he might have crashed. There was going to be no middling ground with Patrick Mahomes, I didn't think. It was either going to be a star or a bust. And I think he's more going to be towards a star than the bust. And But we got a slower roll on these preseason. If you go back and look at those preseason, yeah, he ran a couple times. He got outside the pocket. He kept his head up. But his first throw was almost, should have been intercepted. It was a terrible throw to the sideline. There were a couple others that you looked at and you go, wow, that wasn't great. But there's a lot to like about him. I, I mean, he's got to re, he had to retool his whole game. I mean, his whole mechanics and everything. His feet aren't still aren't good. He still makes some weird throws. Uh, but and he and he gets like any young quarterback. Any little hint of pressure, instead of stepping or sliding, he gets out of there. So that's got that's something that's got to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, look, I guess I guess when you look at Mahomes and you watch him play, it's it's not about wow, this guy is is a really refined quarterback. It's more like man, this guy has as much talent as you could possibly imagine. I mean, he is he is he is fast, he is strong, and he's got a a fire hose attached to his right arm. Do you, if I set the over under at Three and a half games started by Patrick Mahomes. You take the over or under? I would take the under. The under? You think Smith, Alex yeah. Smith starts the whole season? Yeah, I do. I think Alex Smith is going to play the whole season. I, I think the plan is for him to play the entire season 
and then Mahomes take over next year. If the Chiefs find themselves at four and seven, well, that's a whole other story. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Let's say, what, what if they find themselves at four and four? No, Smith okay. stays it. If they're four and seven, goodbye, Alex. Hello, Patrick Mahomes. If you, I mean, that that makes sense. Okay, so you, if you're three games under 500 late, and it looks like you're not yeah, you got to you got to put got to go to the you got to go to Mahomes. Yeah, and I think that's what you've seen with Andy Reid is a willingness to do that with his young guys uh, in Chicago. A, a fairly similar situation, except um, Mike Glennon is a newly signed free agent who has gone up against the Cardinals and Broncos, who might be two of the top ten defenses in the league in terms of um, playing against those first teamers. And he is already in. I would say he's already on the hot seat with fans in the media who are calling for Mitchell Trubisky to start after Trubisky looked great. What say you about Mitchell Trubisky? He played against the third teamers. Glennon didn't look great either. You saw the no. pick pick for uh, Honey Badger jumping the route on the outside. Uh, he did come back and throw a touchdown pass. But um, no, I look. I would play Trubisky from the get go, anyways. But mm. they made this a problem by signing Glennon in the first place. If they were going to make this move to get Trubisky, and they had no idea they could get there, but they had to have some idea. They were third. I mean, like they, they knew. Right. They, they, knew they were getting somebody. Right. They were getting somebody. And if they were going to move up, they, which they did, they could have they could have moved up. And they were had they have the idea they were moving up. They blew. They botched the whole thing. But now that they have them, just get on with it and play them. But he did play against third teamers last week. Was it? He was the third quarterback that went into that game. It was yeah, the yeah. second. They, they played Mark Sanchez for uh, he's playing against bartenders and uh, and bouncers. I mean, he's not playing against football players now. But having said that, like, don't you think in the same way with Mahomes, you look at what Trubisky's doing, and they're making it easy for him. You know, they're they're putting him in good positions to succeed. But you look at what he does, the arm, the way he the way he throws on the run. I would play him. I don't care what he is. I, he, he's a different situation. The Bears aren't any good, so they got to build for the future. The Chiefs think they're good. They got to play Smith, and then if they go bad, then you play Mahomes. All right, I I, I can back it. I I just I feel like there's going to be I feel like there's some sort of backhand deal with. Glennon, where he's going to start the whole season, or start? Or he, I think he'll start to the bye. Week, they have a week nine bye. All right, so their first. What about what about the other one in Houston? What do they do? I mean, because Savage played pretty good the other day. But the numbers, I mean, you looked at it. Here's the Bears' schedule. Yeah, but you looked at the numbers, and it wasn't very good, by the way, for Savage. Yeah, Falcon, Falcons at home, Bucks on the road, Steelers at home, Packers on the road. That might be zero and four. Vikings at home, zero and five. Ravens on the road, zero and six. Panthers at home, 0-7. Saints on the road, 0-8's on the table, even if Glennon is there and they have Jordan Howard healthy and the defense is improving. That's why they should play, that's why they should play Trubisky from the start. What's the difference? Well, maybe they look at it and say, all right, we're going to be, we're going to be at best 2-7 and seven heading into our week, or 2-6, and six, excuse me, heading into our week nine bye. Then we'll just start Trubisky. Okay, then, but all that, know? but Will, all that does is delay the inevitable. That's nine games he could, or eight games he could have played, whereas now you're going to play eight games at the end of the year. He could have had 16. Why, why, if you're getting him ready for the future, why not play him? Could you trade Mike Glennon to the Denver Broncos? No. <laughs> Who the hell wants that contract? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe you could renegotiate it. Uh, Denver, by the way, Paxton Lynch can't. He can't start. It's a, that 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 it's over. It's done. Trevor Simeon. Um, I wrote a piece uh, highlighting a one particular play in which I'm not saying he lost it on one throw, but that you know what I'm talking about. That third and six. Demarius Thomas is sauntering across the middle, wide open. Lynch never sees him, even though he's kind of looking in his direction, and he ends up trying to force the ball to Virgil Green in double in double coverage. That to me is is defined that quarterback battle and exactly why. And you talked about this, you know, you talked to Von Miller, and they they know that the offense doesn't have to be great, right? It just has to be good. And Paxton Lynch can't make it good. Well, and. Look, he he has the wow plays, but he has those plays. He has the wow play, and he'll turn the ball over, throw it into double coverage. The other kid is middling. He's never going to be wow, but he's never going to be disastrous either. So for that team, the way it is right now, you probably have to play it safe and play Simeon. And I said that when I was there. I thought that battle was over when I was there. I thought it was Simeon. The one thing that disturbed me a little bit about him is when I talked to him, you know, I wanted him to say, it's my job. He's got to take it from me. But he never said it. You know, he gave you the, oh, it's a great competition. We're competing with each other. We respect each other. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear Jared Goff say, I'm going to be good. I want to hear Trevor Simeon say, it's my job. Kid's got to take it. He didn't take it. Well, but he's going to end up winning it because it's easier to run the ball, play defense, and, and hope that Simeon. I told you guys about D'Angelo Henderson when I was there, did I not? That kid is. Uh, good. 
He's going to be the starting running back before it's all said and done. You think so? Yep. And, right. and I'll tell you what. The players told me about him. He wasn't practicing my first day there. And they go, wait till you see 33. And I go, what are you talking about? He, where is he? He goes, he was out. So the next day, he pops in through a hole. Boom. He exploded through there. Then he had the big run last week. Then you saw him this week. Uh, this, this kid, he's going to be the starting running back. Do you think he's better than – does Jamal Charles make the roster? Good question. Old and slow, you make too much dough, you got to go. That's He'll make actually it. be the um, intro to this podcast is you going old and slow. I, I want us to have like hype music where we do cut-ups of, of Priscoisms like old and slow, you must go. And he, he's not Oh, no, you forgot the, part, the other part of it is old and slow, although he, this one doesn't really apply to him. But old and slow, you make too much dough, you definitely have to go. I do think, I do think you could fashion an interesting – yeah, he's just making 2500 2.5 million, excuse me. If he, if he, if That's he too much. Playing. Yeah, it might be too much. I mean, I do think you can do – you, do you trust C.J. Anderson? You know, Devontae Booker has looked meh. Yeah, the hand injured too. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Henderson's looked – by far the best out of all those guys. He's going to be their running back. This, if this, he can pick, if he can handle the blitz, blitz pickups. What's that? If he can handle the blitz pickups. And so far, it looked, you know, I got to go back and watch him on tape, but he, it looked like the games I saw, he looked okay. Um, while we're mentioning rookie running backs, too, Tariq Cohen. You watch him in, uh, with the Bears? He's quick. He's quick. He was, too he was a feature back at A&T, too. You know, I don't know that he's yeah. going to be. And, and people forget this, that Jordan Howard – he was a rookie last year. He was a late-round rookie. Nobody thought he was going to have that job. John Fox doesn't play those rookies. Do you think that there's any chance Tariq Cohen steals 25% of the carries on that team? Maybe 20. Yeah, okay. maybe. He's, he's got quicks, man. He's got some quicks. You know, it's too bad the, the rookie at a, at a year school at uh, Arizona got hurt because he was going to play too. Who's that? The running back that the Cardinals had. Um, nah, was, oh, you're I'm talking not, about T.J. Logan. Yeah, that's not too my bad school. he got. No, nah, North Carolina. You wish you would. You went to wish that. You went. You, you wish yeah, you would. I got waitlisted at Carolina, so I went to NC State. You did? Um, oh, so you had to settle for NC State, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Settling. That's my life, Pete. That's why I'm on this podcast. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, what, your, your blue blood background didn't get you into North Carolina. <laughs> you know, Dad, must have, there was a Dad should have gave him another envelope under the table. <laughs> there was a break in this podcast. You 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 let your maid in. There's a little little uh, little uh, reveal there, Pete. I didn't know you had a maid come clean the house. Yeah. Well, you think <laughs> I'm going to do it? What's that? You think I'm going to do it? No. no my I wife don't. works. Um, my wife works. Uh, uh, speaking of people destroying houses, I hear my dog is apparently on the, on the dinner table again. All right, so more rookie running backs. My guy, Matt Days, he's playing pretty well, but I don't know if he's going to see any time. I'll tell you who is going to see time. Christian McCaffrey. He looks – Am I am I – I don't want to. I don't want to hyperbolize this, Pete, but I feel like you agree that McCaffrey has a chance to be really special in his first year. Correct, because he's the perfect airback for the NFL. Yes, he create mismatches. He come out of the backfield. I'm telling you, the day in Tennessee, he was killing guys in past one-on-one drills. They couldn't cover him. Uh, look, he's perfect for what they want to do with him. They have some. Good, they haven't looked that good. Now, now, I know Cam hasn't played, but they they got beat. In those practices, and they got beat up in that game pretty much. They got to get it going a little bit. I think. Yeah, they. I thought the defense for Carolina looked good in the red zone against Tennessee, but they got marched on down into the red zone. And then McCaffrey, the two things they did in that game that stood out to me: one, they lined him up in a single back formation in the red zone and let him run, and that's where he scored that touchdown. And that's I think that's big because you want to have, um, you know, you want to have McCaffrey running as a true running back. And then the other one was on that screen pass later in the first half when it was a delayed screen on second and six, I think, and he comes out of the backfield, catches it like that, and then he gets in that space. And, you get, man, when he works in space, he, you're not bringing him down with one guy. No, and, and he loves it. You can see it. By the way, for Panther fans or anybody out there, I got a story up on, uh, on Luke Keekley being the prototypical modern-day linebacker. I just saw that. The right in the right generation. He also had some good stuff to say about his concussion. You know, I didn't realize that he wasn't talking about his concussion anymore. So, of course, I asked and he answered. And, but I, I look, went back and looked, and I guess since, like, March or something, he hasn't talked about his concussion. So yeah, he's he, basically been like, I want to move on. Let's not talk about well, it. And, and here I am, 
you know, pound, but he was good on it, though. I mean, he was really good on it. And, and given the kudos to the Panthers, I wrote that in the story. They were very cautious with him and didn't have to be. He was cleared to play, and they held him back. And he was angry about it. He didn't like it, but he understood it. And he was like, it. you know, I, I think I loosened him up when I told the story about Right Right. About what? <laughs> right, you told him the, right. the John Beeson Right Right story. Our guy, John Beeson, who works with us at CBS. I got to tell this story because I love John Beeson. You know, we told him I on tell, the last podcast. Did I tell it? Okay, we so telling, well, we that's can't be telling stories back to back. Well, that's, that's why I, that's why I loosened them up because I write right. Yeah, and you, and, you told. Uh, I bet you know what I bet it was. I, I went from know? right. I went from right right to hey, how's your concussion? <laughs> <laughs> did he text? Did he did he text Beeson? Did I don't know. know. I gotta. I haven't asked John yet. I gotta. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. I'll see John next week. I think. Um, all right. So Dave Richard and I were talking about Christian McCaffrey projections for McCaffrey. Dave and I sort of settled on kind of a similar number just you know, to do the fantasy math on it. I think it's going to be somewhere between 175 and 200 carries on the season. And somewhere between, I think it's going to be 60 catches, and he'll average closer to eight yards a catch. Is that crazy? Yeah, he's not coming near uh, the 1,000-thousand like David Johnson wants to get. No, 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 no. I don't think he's going to do that. No, he'll get, I'll I'll say 60 catches for probably a little more than what you say, probably 550-ish. So eight, all right. So nine, nine yards a catch at sixty catches would be five forty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then five forty, and then uh, and then he'll get eight hundred and twenty yards or something. Like okay. That. So yeah, one hundred ninety carries at four and a half would be eight fifty five. Yeah. So yeah, he's That's, not going to mess with a thousand thousand, but he could if he if he is he going to return kicks all season? I think he is, right? Yeah, that's dangerous for me. I, yeah, I mean, he's good it's at not, it. Again, it's not like you're doing that with a great cover corner though. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a back. Yeah. So he, you can replace a back if it's a you know, these teams that have the great cover corners return punts. I don't, I don't like that at all. I never have liked that. He, no, like you know, Dion was special. Dion was special, but Dion as a punt returner wasn't more valuable than Dion as a corner. It wasn't even close to it. So, but you're I, also I talking like, about kick returns where if you, back then it feels like it was easier. To, you know, obviously easier to return jailbreak kick returns because you're doing a full kick return. Yeah, I, I mean, he'll, I, he'll return kicks and punts. I would imagine. So he's, he's good at it. Why, so and he's he, a bat. So he, so he could flirt with. He could potentially 2, flirt with yards, three thousand total 2, yards. Thousand total. Oh, I have two thousand total yards. No, three thousand. No, he ain't getting three thousand. He's twelve hundred from the line of scrimmage. He isn't getting three thousand total yards. You're out of your mind. I just throw it out there. But I think I, I agree with you, Dave, and I. Are right, you, you're right on the same pace. Looking at like twelve to thirteen hundred total yards, and if he catches sixty balls. He's gonna be a fantasy monster, so don't. I give afraid. him more. I give him more carries if it was me. Yeah, I would too if you give him the good carries. Don't give him the yeah, third give, and draw carries. No, I give him more carries. I think he can run inside the tackles better than people think. He definitely can. His feet are quick as hell. Um, it's tough too. One more. Now I'm forgetting about the quarterback battle that I was going to ask you about. And Texans. Yeah, Texans. Thank you. Good thing you're here to keep this podcast on track. So. Tom, I, I, I'll take back my, my claim that Deshaun Watson's starting week one. I think it's Tom Savage. And, you know, I know that, I mean, pe- first of all, people around there are talking about Tom Savage being the guy. You hear John McClain and other beat writers plugged in who are saying that. And, and that makes it fine. I think, I think Watson obviously has a much higher upside. But I think what you see from Tom Savage, particularly in that week two preseason game, you know, against the Patriots ones versus Watson playing poorly, Watson's going to get a – He's got a shot at winning it, but I think at this point they're pretty well decided on, on Savage, right? Yeah, but they didn't. I mean, he, he wasn't great, Savage. When you went back and watched it, which I did, I thought it was just, you know, middling. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't make you go wow. But Watson wasn't very good that night. He had a couple balls bad at the line of scrimmage, which yeah. is going to be a concern for him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Savage will open the season, but there's going to be a quick hook there. They'll have a quick hook on the kid. But I, I think what you saw was very vanilla. I mean, the Patriots were – they played each other in, what, week three. They were vanilla as vanilla could be. They didn't show anything. So it wasn't like they were game planning for either one of them. All right. Um, what was it? I had one more thing I was going to ask you about besides Game of Thrones. I can't remember what it was. Uh, what did you think about Thrones? Spoiler alert. Um, I thought it was – I hate the White Walkers. Well, that's the point. They're the villains. I just think they, they've taken that show and made it into fights in the middle of the winter instead of the people. We're, we've lost – I thought the people stories – The first half of the show was the people talking. No, I always like the angle playing and the people like, this, you know, who's doing this, who's doing that. I, if I was the writer on that – see, to me, and I guess the books were great, it's almost like these guys have – okay, well, we ran out of the books. Now let's 
create some more for our own. And I think they're kind of, it's kind of, remember the Lost, the show yeah. Lost? Yeah. It went Lost way off fizzle. the rails. It went off the rails. It was yeah. a terrible show at the end. Yeah. This this is going to kind of gone off the rails, okay, to me. Where'd the chains come from? That's a plot hole that would be worth uh, discussing. because those I guess they have tons of chains. They have just, and they weren't like rusted out chains. They were nice, great silver <laughs> chains, right? They found who knew they could find silver chains uh, on the other side of the wall, and they just pulled the they just pulled the dragon out of there. Come All right, on. Well, this so I mean, if if this were maybe maybe the Night King is Bran, and he's seen everything in the future, so he knows that he's gonna need chains. And that's the only that's the only reason I got. That's a good that's a good point. I don't know. I was like when they were dragging the dragon when they were pulling the dragon out. I, I mean, I knew that was you knew that was common though. Yeah. I mean, they set that up with the bear. That's exactly what that was. They foreshadowed the dragon with the bear. Yeah. The bear coming out and attacking as a as a White Walker set it up with the with the dragon. That you knew that was getting. Hundred percent. Now the question is, which dragon was that? By the way, it wasn't the mean dragon, right? No, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the primary dragon. Do you think? By the way, one last thing. You saw what one of them's called, right? D-R-O-G-O-N-S, right? You saw that. Dragons? Dragons? <laughs> did you hear um, Arya, how she, what did she pronounce wrong? I thought about you when she pronounced something. She was like, she was like when I was in, um, where's that place she was with the, the House of the Black and White? Uh, what's the name of that? Oh, yeah, I forget. She, she pronounces to, something. She pronounces, Arya's kind of pissing me off. Like, yeah, they need to swat her. Yeah, it's like, Arya, look, we get it. You're an assassin. Okay, but, you know, maybe team up with your sister here. You're both trying to get the same thing and kill Cersei, so maybe take it down a notch. I don't like Littlefinger playing there. Where did Bronn go this episode? He's just hanging out by the tree. He's complaining. Um, well, Jamie wasn't in this episode either. You're right, Jamie. Was, Cersei wasn't in this episode either. It was all about uh, all about North of the Wall. I also think yeah, I'm, I could do without North of the Wall. I mean, I get it. Oh, we all have to unite. Be good and fight the really evil people, and then we can get back to fighting each other. It's 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 not, you know. I can see where they're going with it. Okay, at what point? What? How many episodes away are we from John and John Snow and Danny having uh, relations? Well, they looked like they were on their way last night. <laughs> they did. They did. I thought they were. We were like, oh come and, on, no, nah, we don't. Well, I mean, we have brother sister already, so why not an aunt? Yeah. And, and, Aunt Neff is nothing compared to the brother sister stuff. So did he die again with the knife wounds and he came back to life? I mean, that's why she looked at those. Or were those the old knife wounds? Those are the old knife wounds. I don't think he died in the water. It was, it, Jeez, I guess they have no old. healing. They have no healing back then, huh? Yeah, you, really? Like, would you, I mean, those things look like they were alive. Yeah, they did. He, how, many, how much infection did the kid have? I mean, he's a ga- walking gangrene. Also, I don't get, like, what's the bonus in bringing back this one dead guy? You don't even need a White Walker. You're just trying to bring back one dead body and be like, hey, look. Here's a lot. This is a live dead guy. Like, check it out. There's an arm. See, here's the thing on him. He didn't die when they killed the other guy, like the other ones did. So he isn't fully in yet. He hadn't. Who? Remember, remember when they killed the leader of that group? The rest of them all died. He didn't. He didn't. So he's not fully in yet. So he's like in between. That's he's like in in death limbo or something. Right, because he did. He, if he was fully in, he would have died like the rest of them, right? I thought he the, like wandered up at the last minute afterwards or something like that. No, so I think he was there. right there with him. He didn't die. I think he. I think that's it. I just me. I, I'm a. You know, I play writer, and I'm a writer, but I play it, and all these, I write them out all the time and stuff, and I'm just sitting there going, I would have gotten so. I would have gotten more involved with the kingdoms fighting each other rather than the White Walkers. Well. I thought it made sense to go to have Cersei and and and, uh, and Daenerys square off and end that this season, right? Like let her take let one of them win, and then you focus on the White Walkers. Now, obviously, it's got to be Daenerys if you do that because the dragons have to go north. So she now now they show the previews. Now she's going to go roll. They go meet. Yeah, they go like, meet with Cersei, and they got to try and convince Cersei? her. Like, they got to try and convince her to, to fight the White Walkers. I mean, or they're all gonna stupid. Die. Like, she's going to betray everybody. So, let me ask you this. The dragon blew fire all over the place, right? Yeah. Did he kill the White Walkers? No. They he don't die. The dead. I, he killed the dead. The dead died with fire. So, like... They do. The Whites, who are, like, the, just the, the army of the dead, when they run through and they get fire blown off, they're dead. Like, you're done. You can't come back once you've been burned. I you thought... Understand. When you kill them and then they, they fire them, they're dead, right? So you can't, like if a guy's, a white walker's up, you can't, the army of the dead, you can't 
kill him with fire. You have to kill him with something else and then kill him with, and then de- destroy him with fire. You can't kill – like the Night King cannot just be killed with fire because you saw him walking through that fire, right? Like he doesn't, right. He's got to be – he's got to be killed with the um, – With, with dragon steel or dragon glass. Was the – um. Was that thing he threw into the dragon? Was that dragon glass? I don't know. That's a very good question. I would guess it is frozen dragon glass because I would assume dragon glass could kill. This is where having Nick would be helpful, although I don't think that Nick actually is caught up. He's either the books of Rover, so he doesn't really know. But I would assume that that was dragon glass. I, you know, part of me was kind of happy that one of the dragons got killed. Well, you need you need it for plausibility, or you know, like. Well, now the dragons now they're going to have to fight it between the dragons now. What do you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna be. A, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's gonna be a. Where was the other dragon? one? Because they only showed two of them. Two of them, the one that got killed, and then well, when the first one, when when the guy who got killed, when he got speared with the thing, the second one took off, and then Daenerys is like hanging out, like freaking out, and then John right. saw the thing. Like, yeah, they didn't show the second one much after that either. He 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 just rolled. They showed him when he got. But he was like, "I'm out of here." You know, like the same way if you and I were hanging out and. I saw you get stabbed with a knife. I wouldn't help you. I'd run. You know, like I'd be like, well, and the um, the one dragon is the one that she rides around on is the meanest one. So he's going to clearly kill the rest of the other one. Yes, correct. It'll be it'll be a battle between those two, and then one of them will die, and, and then we'll probably have to watch Daenerys sad because her zombie son dragon got smoked by her main dragon Dracaris or her dragons, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I think they've gotten way way off base with it, it I want, feels it feels like there's not as much it feels too predictable that's the problem right, right. Like it, it's it too much like, too much pe- not enough people stories like we got a little bit of it when they were marching out there when they had the conversation some of those conversations were great yeah. but then and then people say well he saved the one guy and you know the other guy they didn't save the other guy i don't know i just the battle, to me it's the battle, like the battle was cool like the the scene the, the way it unfolded was cool but i i, I think the problem is like in George, when George R. R. Martin had the books written, so like he 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 everything up to the point where he had the books written is awesome, and it's like there's tons of surprises you don't see stuff coming. Then in between, he knows the ending, but these guys are filling in the gaps and they're doing it in a very predictable way, and it's kind of disappointing because I've, I've I've seen predictable shows. I don't need predictable. Have shows. you ever seen an interview with that guy who wrote this story? He's a big Jets fan. He is. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. We should we should try to have him on the podcast. He probably won't come on. I mean, what else has he ever written beside this? Anything? This is it. This is a That's it. He's so, behind. Yeah, he's just way behind. He's off deadline. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't see. To me, I, I just think that they've gotten way off from his books, and they didn't need to. No, Plus, no. I wouldn't. I would. I would have never done the White Walkers and the whole thing. I think it would have been a great. That's, but that's part of. It would have been a great book, a great thing, just about the kingdoms fighting with each other. It's the, pretty terrible. Theatrics, the mechanism. King coming down from the north to kill everybody. Okay, who is the dead? Who is the, the Night King? We don't know. He's, he's one of the first men. Could be Bron. Could be Bran. Did you see, um, did you see my comment, though? He, he threw that one from the pocket pretty well, though. <laughs> I was, oh, no, that's what I was going to ask you. Who, how many teams would the Night King start for? He'd start for Jacksonville right now. <laughs> it's pretty short of his throw, unlike the quarterback they got. I mean, the Night King threw that thing. But then again... Somebody said he went over the line. <laughs> and <laughs> he he kind of went, it was like he threw it like a javelin. Yeah. And then uh, and then he also didn't really read the field. Otherwise, we get the number one dragon, right? Oh, that's a good point. That's a, right? I, he, I, he went to two. He got off number one read too easy. He went to number two. He should have <laughs> stayed on number one. If he stays on number one, he kills that dragon and she probably dies. So yeah, bad. I thought what was going to happen was she was going to – her dragon was going to get speared. She was going to fall into the, the, the lake. John was going to have to dive in, save her, then pull her out and – and try and say the day that. Okay, here's one. How does John get out out of five yeah. guys? Hold them up the water. What is he? He man. It's a great question. It makes, it makes, I mean, yeah. It's like the Jamie Lannister thing when he all of a sudden he's just out of the water. He's just you know coughing up on the other side of the river. It's like come on. And then uh, yeah, Benjen rolling in is so, great. But where were you before Benjen? You know what this is? Game of Thrones is the Atlanta Falcons. They played a perfect game for three and a half quarters, three quarters, and all of a sudden they're coming to the finish line and they're gagging. <laughs> the, Game of Thrones is the Atlanta Falcons. How about that? They should have just—they should have just run the ball. Instead, they're getting too creative. <laughs> just oh my God, that's finish perfect, the Pete. game. All right. On that note, we're going to talk to Jason Lockenfora now. He's been talking, checking out the Dolphins. Pete, it's been fun as always, my friend. See ya. Okay, Jason Lockenfora on the phone now. Where are you driving through the uh, gorgeous Catskills in the middle of? <laughs> no, no. Where am I? I'm, I'm. Uh... 
I'm coming up on Aberdeen, Maryland here on I-95, home of Cal Ripken Jr. and the Aberdeen Ironbirds in the New York Ben League. Um, yeah, I'm driving back from uh, Philly where the Eagles and Dolphins had their first of, I guess, three joint practices today ahead of their preseason game on Thursday. And I'm headed home where I can write my Jay Cutler column with, uh, with my pooch at my feet and something cold in my hand. <laughs> that, uh, is it, There's no maybe, place like home. Ain't no uh, place like home, hon. Is this a? Are we thinking like a cold natty bow or like a cold? No, uh, I'm not dog? supposed to be drinking beer right now. I'm cold ice water diet. No, it'll, you know, it'll probably be. It'll probably be one of these. Um, I used to hate them, but now they're like the only thing I drink other than water. So like I lust for them. Lacroix. Are you familiar with the Lacroix? Zero calorie beverage. Yeah, Lacroix. We call it Lacroix. I don't know. Lauren calls it Lacroix. Is it Lacroix? I don't know. I thought it was Lacroix. It could be Lacroix. I have no idea. And again, they've been in my house for years, and I would never think about picking one up unless it was the only thing to possibly mix with vodka. Yeah. But now it's like, like even right now, I'm getting like, I'm getting a little worked up because it's like, oh, I can't (laughs) wait to have like a mango Lacroix Lacroix. Because, that actually, again, that it's like the only thing good. I drink that's not water or unsweetened iced tea. Are you still on this no beer kick? Like, well, I, just... I mean, on the road, like going to some baseball games on the road, like I broke it a little bit. But I'm still pretty good with the no pasta, no, like it's still like if I'm in a ball game, I get the sausage without the roll, you know what I mean? Wow. And just eat like a plain brat. So, yeah, but the beer stuff, I mean, I fell off the beer wagon on the road a little bit. But now that I'm home, it's like I'm back on it. Are you down major LBs then? What's going on? I mean, like, I've... I mean, I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting, I'm not like somebody's going to weigh himself, but you know, certain clothes, you know what I mean? Like, well, that shirt feels a little better than you there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I think the biggest, go, we'll the, the only reason I work out is to, so I can drink beer. Like I just exercise for so my, so my belly will shrink. Yeah, so right. You're just trying beer. to like stay at that point where you're right. Exactly. Well, yeah, I want to like lose like another 15, 20, and then just try to like, wow be like that hamster in the cage who could yeah like have a you know throw back a bunch and then like not have the gut get out of control yeah that's a good feeling when you get in that spot where where you can where you can like drink as much as you want go you know you're not you're just not drinking during the weekdays but you're you can go out and go huge on the weekends like two nights in a row and eat a bunch and then you still feel good on sunday yeah i aspire to that god now i'm now I'm just depressed. Uh, I so feel... anyway, yeah, I'm on I-95 on my way home, and it'll probably, yeah, it'll hopefully like now I'm going to be all bent out of shape if there's not a mango Lacroix in the fridge. <laughs> uh, do you LaCroix, think that Jay LaCroix, Cutler drinks whatever. Lacroix? What's that? Do you think Jay Cutler drinks Lacroix? Lacroix. That's a good question. I I don't think he Lacroix. Do you? No, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I think, think he Christian Cavallari Lacroix Lacroix, yeah, but I don't that. see Jay going there. No, I don't either. I mean, without question, she drinks Lacroix. But I would guess that that he is more of a. Uh, I'm going to say he's a straight Bud bourbon, Light, Bud Light bourbon guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Maybe drinks a little rosé in the summer. I think I've seen him drinking rosé on some of these Instagrams Cavalieri's put out. How did he look in a Dolphins uniform? You know, it's still a process. I talked to Adam Gase a little bit about it. Now the receivers are raving about him, and rightfully so. I mean, you, you know that that arm even despite him not having a, a spring really at all. You know what I mean? He was playing with his kids. He wasn't throwing balls at OTA. But he talked to Julius Thomas and, and Jarvis Landry about it, and they're like, bro, he's he's good. He's rolling. The velocity's there. You know, some things with footwork. Mentally, he knows this this scheme. But, you know, he's getting used to being back in the pocket and some timing and some footwork. That's the stuff that, that Gase is, you know, continuing to work with him on. Um, you know, he says he's all in mentally. And I'm sure he is now, but he did kind of flick a switch. You know, now you talk to him about those, you know, whatever, eight weeks of retirement and his statement, and he's like, well, I always really miss the game. You know, and days would go by where I missed it more than others. But, you know, I at least missed it a little bit each week. And it's like, all right, bro, I guess I kind of basically buy that. Um, (laughs) But this was a unique scenario that arose. And um, I I do like, you know, some of the skill guys they have. The offensive line, especially left guard, is still an issue. Uh, Gates told me Pouncey should be back this week. They don't know how much they'll start to do, how quickly, but, you know, they feel he's good for week one. And then once you got him there, any left guard would look a little better with him next to it. So they still have some things to sort out. I don't know that they're much defensively. I don't know how much better they are than a year ago, really, you know. And they certainly had their struggles on that side of the ball a year ago. But 
you know, Gase has a way of curbing the, the interceptions out of uh, Cutler. And if he can just get that, you know, more of that game manager Cutler out there, then that should make them more competitive. I, I do think that team is ripe for regression, though. I don't see them with double-digit wins again. You know, last year, go look at that schedule. Some of the divisions they faced, like a very down AFC North. Yep. Um, you know, it's a little tougher road this year. Yeah, I mean, you run through the, the list of teams they beat down the stretch. They had that one win against Pittsburgh, which is good, but then Buffalo, by Jets. You know, you sneak one out of the, the Chargers who were snake bit. You handle the Rams who were terrible. You handle the 49ers. You only beat the 49ers and Rams by combined 11 points. You get blasted. And that was in the middle of San Francisco's 13-game freefall. Yeah, 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 totally. And they beat them 30. They gave up 24 points to the freaking 49ers. Then they get yeah. sneaked by the Cardinals in that really ra- that big rain game. They blast the Jets again. Then they sneak by the Bills in overtime. Then they get manhandled by the Patriots. And, of course, they got blasted by the Steelers in, in, in the playoffs. I mean, like that, like you look at that stretch, and it's really impressive that you rip off all those wins and you go from one and four, looking like one of the worst teams in football, to ten and six. Yeah. they didn't beat him. No. I give Jace a ton of credit. Remember, he fired, but he fired three offensive linemen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like after that. Browns game where they ended up winning in overtime, but only because like Cody Parkey was like kicking for the other team or whatever. Um, and and he and he got them to buy in midseason and take a team that had traditionally couldn't wait to throw coaches under the bus, right? I mean, they couldn't wait to throw their old D coordinators under the bus. And I mean, not that Philbin was much of an NFL head coach, but you know they were ready to roll with, with on him before that season started. So that's a team that had that in their DNA, and he reversed it. I just, you know, they remind me a little bit of the Jets that first year under Bowles and McCagney, where they punched above their weight. Some teams around them got better. The schedule got a little tougher. They got bit by injury bug a little bit. And next thing you know, it's snowballing the other way. I don't think Miami's going to be a horrible team, you know. And and I, I, I have a strong belief in Adam Gase as an NFL head coach in the short and long term. But... I, I I think they're more sniffing 500 this year. You know, I think that's maybe where they top out. Yeah, Buccaneers at home to open up, and then Chargers and Jets on the road, Saints at home, Titans at home, Falcons on the road. I mean, that's that's one of those schedules where you might not come out guns blazing, and then it gets way worse in November. Raiders at home, November 5th, then at Panthers, at Patriots, versus Broncos, versus Patriots, and at Bills to close out the season. Oh, not to close out, but but to close out that stretch. Excuse me. That's that's a brutal schedule, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I like Adam Gase, and I think he is a good coach. I think he, you know, clearly – he even has a guy like Jay Cutler who believes in him, willing to come out of retirement to play for that team when Tannehill goes down. But it's just hard to imagine, even with, you know, and I like the offensive weapons. Jay Ajayi is a good runner. I just don't think he'll stay healthy yeah. past three years. I like Landry as a, that short yardage weapon. Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills. But they have weapons. It just doesn't feel like, I, I don't know. I, I agree. The, the defense to me is just, it's just kind of old and boring on the other side. Yeah, I mean, they you know, you got to really hope that Cam Wake holds back father time again. And look, if anybody can, it's him. He is an absolute freak of nature. But I, I don't really buy a whole lot of pass rush there. I don't love the secondary, and that was before they lost the starting corner for the year. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, getting Jones back is a big deal, and, and he's a stud safety. But is he, you know, is he 100% right off the bat? So, I, I you know... They were, uh, I mean, I don't even know if I could say they were bend and not break defense last year. I mean, they were bottom five in a lot of key metrics. I mean, they just found ways to sort of win games. I, I don't know that they're going to necessarily be able to rekindle that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. I do, I'll tell you who I do like to rekindle is the, well, not to rekindle, I just like it to be good. I like the Eagles a lot this year. What did you see on their defensive line? Yeah, I mean, look, that you know, they've been in and out of the wide nine with Washburn, and now with a Washburn disciple there, Schwartz. Um, it looks like an interesting mix. You know, Vinnie Curry's got to get it going. Um, you know, Brandon Graham, some of these guys. I, I I feel like there's a lot of potential there. I, I do believe they'll be better that second year with Schwartz there now. Um, you know, he knows Ronald Darby. I, I, I get that, you know. Um, I get a lot of what they've done. Uh, and offensively, I, I think if nothing else, I mean, look, Torrey Smith um, doesn't have the surest hands in the world, but uh, I'll take him over Jordan Matthews, I guess. You know, Alshon Jeffrey's got every reason in the world 
to, to ball out. Can he stay healthy? I don't know. But if he does, um, you know, there's some weapons there. And, and I, I mean, it's just a practice, albeit at least it's a practice against another team and not, you know, watching guys practice against, you know, themselves. But I, I Wentz made some really special plays today. A nice fade to Torrey Smith in the end zone. A couple of nice passes to Alshon Jeffrey over the middle. Um, you know, I, I I think the hype train, and you know Philly, you know, that any if anybody can take something out of proportion and put somebody on a pedestal too soon and then knock them off said pedestal <laughs> just as quickly, it's there. Um, but I, I do think he's on a clear upward trajectory. I think the kid has all the talent in the world. Um, I think he's got a better cast around him this year. I think the defense will help him more. You know, the run game, let's see. I kind of like the Garrett Blunt signing, but, you know, let's see if they can run the ball better. Um, but he's going to struggle a little bit too now. I mean, he did not play that much college football. He just didn't. Didn't have the, the reps and didn't have the, um, you know, the resume of some other guys. It certainly has the skill set, certainly has the ability so yeah, I, I do think they're 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 they'll make a move up. Um, I think that could be an above five hundred team this year. You know, if they finish nine and seven, wouldn't shock me at all. And they've, you know, I think the quarterback will be legit over the long haul. But I mean, I don't think he's going to the Pro Bowl this year. You know, I don't think he's throwing for four hundred, you know, four forty five hundred yards this year. I don't think he's throwing for thirty touchdowns this year. But I, I think he has, uh, you know, the excuse me, the, the, the potential to get there. If you were taking one guy right now for the long, all right, for 2017 and for the long haul, would you take Wentz or Dak? You know, somebody else just asked me this question last week, huh. and I kind of totally just Hedged. whiffed on it and basically said I'm buying them both. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I... No, but no, no... I, well, and then idea. then I feel like I'm trying to remember. I was on the radio with somebody, and then they browbeat me, and then I I feel like I eventually said went. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do, think and I don't even idea. know why I did, but no, I, I guess that's just a name that popped in my head. I think they're at similar points, you know. I I, I think um, went went. I feel like made some bigger plays downfield. You know, and flashed the 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 big arm at times, and made some big boy throws. Whereas they really could manage Dak to such an extreme because of the run game, and because they were playing with a lead so often. Um, so I feel like there's got to be you know some recalculations. I mean, part of the reason Wentz turned the ball over more, he was also letting it rip a whole lot more. And at times they were chasing games. So I don't know. I mean, if you put a gun to my head. I would have no problem taking either quarterback. I feel like there's plenty of clay there that in the right hands can be molded into a franchise quarterback. But I guess I still might take Wentz. Wow. Interesting take on that. I I don't disagree. I think if you put Wentz in that system with the Cowboys and the run game, that offensive line, and they're good pieces in Philadelphia too. But, you know, you put Dez out there, Jason Witt in a security blanket like that. I mean, clearly to me, Dak has a, a superior surrounding cast at basically every Well, especially level. to what Wentz had last year. I mean, when it's Matthews and Aguilar, you know what I mean, and guys dropping balls all over the place and they can't get a running game going, you know, and they're, they're, you know, they basically want to run Ryan Matthews out of there, but they still have to use him some weeks because he's the last man standing. It, you know, it was, it, you know, it, it, you're it's trying rough. to make chicken salad out of chicken yeah. you-know-what. Have you heard anything about? Um, I'm looking at a list of quarterbacks, trying to figure out who I would take over. I like, I, like, I don't think you would take uh, Wentz or Dak over Mariota or, or Winston. I certainly wouldn't. Right? You wouldn't do that, right? No, I, I wouldn't take them over those two right now. I feel those two are a little further down the line in their uh, in their progression, in their in their evolution, and I think those two will be playing playoff football this year. Um, no, I would. I, I would just be able to see more of those other ones. You know what I mean? It's a it's a whole another year yeah. of experience and of and those two also with what they dealt with in college. You know, and and, and the high expectations and playing in games every week that would affect your ability to win a national title or not. I I I think those two you just mentioned are on the cusp of a year from now when people are making their top eight to ten quarterbacks in the league list. You know, those guys are are legitimately on it. No, I'm yeah, with 100%. Have you heard anything else about Andrew Luck's injury and, like, his timeline? And no, 
No, I don't even think there is a timeline. But, you know, they're they're going to take every precaution. They're taking their cues from him. I mean, they had to start getting on a throwing program, and then he had to start throwing regularly, you know, and then you increase the number of throws and the number of times a week he's throwing. And then you put a red practice jersey on him, but he's really not practicing. It's just individuals, and it's kind of glorified throwing. And then you eventually decide to practice, and then you eventually clear for contact. I've said for a long time I don't think he's playing week one, and I think he misses at least a chunk of September. Now, whether they want to carry him as an injured player or whether they want to keep him on pop or whatever, you know, they seem to resist strongly the idea of pop. I, I almost don't know quite why so much, um, but, but whatever. Um, I think it. I think it I, you have to flag. take the long view there. I think. I think if you put him on pop, you you're like waving the red flag. It's like remember when when Tony Romo went down and Jerry Jones was like we are not putting him on injured reserve. It's like Jerry, you can get it back in ten weeks. He's going to be hurt. Like he broke a vertebrae, man. Just put him on injured reserve. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about IR him for the year, but I mean, if if, no, if it's I mean, dubious whether he's going to play the first month, then what's the difference if he doesn't play six weeks? You know what I mean? When you're talking about a kid making twenty five million a year, you know, even if you play it out and, and he misses six weeks on pop or whatever, and, but and you know, you're a team that desperately needs some defensive players, like put him on pop and give you free up a free up a roster spot. I mean, they need offensive linemen now too. I used yeah. to think quietly the O line was was an area they didn't have to address so much, and so did they. But then your center goes down, and, and you know, a promising center at that, and you lose out on Jeremy Zutal to the Ravens, and now you're, 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 you're really, you know, we're two weeks away from playing, you know, whatever, a little more than two weeks away from playing games that matter, and, and you're, you're scraping, you know, the bottom of the waiver wire trying to find bodies at a, you know, at a position group where you haven't been able to keep five decent guys together. Um, just because you don't have five keeping guys or the decent ones you have are banged up or what have you, that's that's a problem. Um, but they, you know, look, no, no nobody's going to cut any corners with with Andrew Luck, and especially if I'm that if I'm the, the the GM there, you know, if I'm Chris Ballard, I mean, yeah, it's great start changing that culture and all those buzzwords and start winning some games right and getting guys believing. But my gosh, when you're talking about you know. The kid's been banged up for the you know, better part of three years, and then he finally gets the procedure done. And it's a legitimate long recovery. Um, I, 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 you know, And yeah, he's obviously right. wants to play and all that, but I, I'm not taking any chances. Yeah, I mean, this is, you decide long-term. You, the goal is to get him right and get him to where he can win football games for you. How about Le'Veon Bell? You know, I know you've been talking about these soft tissue injuries and concern. Do you think he's back with the Steelers in the next two weeks leading into the season? There, I mean, he like, he's had an open dialogue with Mike Tomlin. Those guys text and talk on the phone quite a bit, and, and Mike has let it be known that, you know, dude, we get it, we get we get the leverage you have here, and we understand how the game's played. And until you sign that contract, it's not a contract, so it's not a holdout, and you can do what you want to do. But he strongly urged them to try to come back, you know, for at least a week and a half of practices. Yeah. Um, whether he does that or not, you know, remains to be seen. You know, they're hopeful he doesn't just sign it, you know, that Monday when everybody's putting their rosters together and everybody's being cut, you know, and you're going in to the final, I mean, basically practice weeks are only real three days. You know, Fridays are glorified walkthroughs. I mean, that week you'd probably be having a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday real practice. They're really, they're really hoping he comes back by the Wednesday or Thursday practice the week before. But, yeah. You know, will he? It's it's entirely up to him. I mean, the smart move, especially on a one-year deal when you have had those injuries, would be to come back for a couple of weeks, at least get, you know, two weeks under your belt before you start doing it for real. Um, but, and, you know, it's it's entirely up to him. Uh, Paxton Lynch in Denver. Pete and I talked about him earlier, but this, I mean, like, if you're the Broncos, are, is, is it too early for the the B word to get start thrown around bust, assuming, you know, the reports today, I think it's about to be confirmed, but and it was obvious from the watching the preseason game, Trevor Simeon is the guy, not Paxton Lynch. Is it, uh, is it, are we concerned that John Elway has drafted a bust in the first round? Ah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be throwing that word around. I, I think it's, it's way too soon. Um, some guys have sat for two or three years and then, got it together. And I think the kid needs to play in some games this year. I mean, Trevor Simeon is not a guy worth, to me, stalling Paxton Lynch's potential development for. You know, the upside just isn't high enough for to me for, for Trevor Simeon. I mean, 
You wouldn't start. You could Lynch go back. Like right if, now, if Paxton Lynch plays some games and is garbage, it's not like you've crushed Trevor Simeon's, you know, uh, hopes and dreams and confidence, and you can't go back to him. Uh, I just feel like at some point you you, you probably need to to give Paxton Lynch a run of regular season games and see what he can do. Now maybe they'd rather you know find out that Simeon is just Simeon again, and then they plateau, and then you see if Lynch can give you something more. I just think if if you if if Elway believes that that kid has long term potential at quarterback, given where he came from Memphis and 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 how his college trajectory was and how raw he is, I'd rather start taking the lumps and with especially with with that defense that can overcome something. You know, I I'd, I'd rather take some of those lumps in September and October and see where the kid is middle of the season rather than you know be a dink and dunk offense with Simeon not be able to use as much of the downfield or downfield receivers as they'd like, and maybe be sitting there at four and four or five and three saying, you know what I mean? How good are we? And then going to that kid and take my lumps with him in November. But I mean, look, we can sit here and hash it out and, 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 and talk about how it could go down a million different ways. Chances are injury, you know what I mean? Injury will change the whole thing in a minute anyway. So I, I suspect and I'm not in love with their tackle situation. I suspect they're going to need both those two and maybe somebody else to get them through the whole year. I think you, I think you might be right. I would be stunned if we did not see uh, see some Paxton Lynch at some point this season, although don't, I'm not sure he looks ready. All right, Jason, uh, it's time to go have my retinas seared out by the, uh, by the, by the, the solar eclipse. Don't get um, – if we don't – you know, this is it, man. It was good talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always a pleasure, dude. We will uh, chat again soon, I'm sure. All right, buddy. Take care. Drive safe.